Welcome to Awakening Matters. I'm your host, Cynthia Sloan. I will be covering everything from metaphysics to my life story and to everything from tragedy to triumph and how the fabric of my connection to the unseen was woven into the tapestry of why I am. And if I am, you are, because we are all made of the same thing. And that is what I will be touching on today. What you see, smell, hear, and even touch is simply the beginning of who you are. And as you get to know yourself, even from a child, a toddler, and into your adulthood, you are getting to know how you relate to your environment. And I'm going to be talking about how you are not just your senses, but how we all are electromagnetic fields, meridians, meridians which are pathways to access all the different organs and communication that you have going on in your magnificent body of work which is literally, I'm referring to your body and all that agrees to participate with it. And so I'll be talking about that. And for those who are just tuning in for the first time, I come from a life experience. Everything that I'm talking to you about today and that I've shared with you in the previous shows um, have been through my personal experience. None of the opinions I express here today are meant to replace your own, only if it resonates. And they're all experiences that I truly had to live and experience, not that I had to, but that I did, in order for me to share them with you as a truth. And if it's a truth for me, then maybe you can contemplate it and make it your own for you. And I come from a family of um, very talented family, um, very musical and many other levels and areas of creativity. But the undertow, the, uh, the um, magnetic injustice, if you will, of all that beautiful creativity was a unhealthy amount of negativity and unfortunately, um, too many can relate to this, um, abuse most directly from my father and a lifetime of it where I was trained to not only contract myself, and I'm sure you've all had experiences because if we are all made of the same thing, then you can relate to either yourself or another, possibly through compassion, if you've never experienced it yourself, um, being diminished and then abused on top of that. And uh, one day coming up soon, I will be sharing my whole life story um, as a show itself. Because it is a story that should be told because it is a story of tragedy and of extreme triumph. 
And so I welcome you here today, and I am honored to be with you in this sacred time. So let's talk about why I even know about electromagnetic fields. First, what is an electromagnetic field? Let's talk about that. So an electromagnetic field is maybe the unseen part of you, but I know you have felt it, but you maybe have not seen it. It is part of the aura. Um, the aura is an extension of your physical body, and uh, electromagnetic fields um, in sacred geometry, if you will, and sacred form. And I say sacred because the aura and the electromagnetic fields as well as consciousness, so all those three aspects exist within you and through you and to themselves. So I'm going to back up a little because I want to share how I came to know that. So as a very young child, I was able to visually see, um, and I thought everybody could, I could visually see all these very shiny, that's how I looked at it when I was a child. What are, what are these shiny lights and these lights are in movement? And it was beautiful and still is to see. And at the time, it absolutely got my attention because there was such a lack of, uh, let's say communication going on around me that even as a child, anything that was moving and beautiful uh, certainly caused me to lean towards it. And so when I did, I would feel things. And why am I saying this? Because the electromagnetic fields, which are part of your body of work, they're a part of you. They connect you to Earth's grid. They connect you to... Um, your own grid, your own core, and I'll get more into that later, but they also connect you to Mother Nature. Everything has a language. And so, yes, I am saying that an electromagnetic field and an aura and a consciousness is all a language. Now, are they separate languages that don't communicate with each other and that you have to learn individually? No. They're all part of the same language that is a part of you. When I was young and I saw those moving lights, etc., what I took notice of um, was, of course, I know in my adult life, these are electromagnetic fields. By the way, I was never taught by a teacher. I always experienced everything through my spirit guides, and they would explain, so not a human teacher that I could point at, but a uh, very present, even to this day, um, spirit council. So, of course, I would come to know that as I was being taught and shown more and taught and shown more, because my spirit guides used this class, this life as a classroom to me and with me, which is my saving grace. I began to understand why what humanity would say would often not match what I was feeling from them because what I was feeling from them, I was also seeing was different than what they were saying. So there was a duality or a disconnect. 
Now, mind you, I grew up in an environment of um, severe disconnect uh, in regards to humanity. However, in regards to my spirit council, they saw that as a benefit to help me understand how to relate to my environment and to understand, and I invite all of you who are listening, they invited me to have the understanding that I was energy, vibration, my intuition was part of that, and a language that I could trust more so than any spoken word around me or beyond me, and that they shared with me and showed me that what most humans did not see, they did not trust, or maybe they felt safer if they could see it, they could believe it. But in my life, I began to learn about electromagnetic fields, um, which exist everywhere. So everything has an electromagnetic field. It's almost like if you were um, taking a walk in nature and you are stressed, and as you walk, you begin to shift, your thoughts begin to shift and change, you unconsciously become less stressed. If you're around water, if you're around nature, if you're around maybe a a whole different, and I am going to say electromagnetic field um, and vibration, then what caused you to become stressed, then you're being influenced or that word doesn't represent it fully, you're being invited to experience a different conversation that's happening around you and includes you. So sometimes animals, puppies, kittens, wildlife, um, Mother Nature, etc., has an impact to shift your mood, to shift your thoughts and also to help you feel lighter or maybe freer, not, and maybe you had no, well, if you're taking a walk in nature, you might not even experience yourself as consciously communicating with that which is around you. But what I'm trying to say to you is that space, the space between you and another person, the space between you and that tree, the space between you and that incredible view that you're seeing is not space at all. It is consciousness. And consciousness has a vibration. It has an electromagnetic field. I am basically saying that everything in your life, nature, everything, buildings are made of what? Wood, etc. Even cement. That's a whole other dialogue or language, um, is part of a communication in order for it to exist in this dimension. And an electromagnetic field is part of your aura, but it's also part of the extended aura of all that is. So everything has an aura around it. How come I know this? And how would I call it true? I've seen it. I have seen it and I've experienced it around everything. I have felt that it has a 
warmth. I have felt that it, and I've seen that it has a vibration, a sacred geometry. Some of it has color, etc. that it moves through the body, not just around it, that it is connected from one side of the room to the other. What, if you can for a moment, contemplate what holds the space up between where you are to another room or another building and see it as a language of building blocks and sacred geometry and meridians and vibrational energy construct that is consciousness as well as the ability to experience itself as magnificent as all the parts that exist in it. Now, I'm going to share a little quick story to give them some more um, clarity. So, when we don't speak the language of another species, or even understand that another species has a, a language, we often don't seek that out unless it's our passion. So, I was in Hawaii very long time ago, and I was invited to go swimming in a bay to swim with the dolphins. And I was told that there was a particular bay that the dolphins would come to in the morning. So um, I had a friend with me, and we went to this bay, and I had never swam with dolphins before. But it most certainly was, um, it was on my bucket list. So we <laughs> went... We got to the location, we got out of the car, and we saw a group of people standing to the side, and they had like a professional guide with them. Well, my intuition, which I was very um, connected to and trusted, told my friend and I to go stand actually in front of the bay and to go into our heart center and to connect, send out energy um, and vibration from my heart and my being to into the water, to the heart and the being of the dolphins. And so we went and did that. So basically the request was um, going all the way back. I'm sure it was something like so honored to be here and am from a heart-centered place of gratitude. I would love to share love with your form something like that. And so then I proceeded to get into the water. I didn't have any fins on. I didn't have, I had a bathing suit on. Um, my friend, however, had a wetsuit on with fins and <laughs> all kinds of things. And I was like, wow, maybe I should have gotten all of that. Anyway, so we get in the water and we're, and she's way out in front of me. And this Again, I'm sharing the story about how electromagnetic fields exist everywhere and there's a language that exists within them and that language travels. It travels and it's constantly moving, constantly communicating. It's also a vibration. An electromagnetic field is um, part of a meridian. So I'm saying that our environment is communicating with itself and everything in it all the time. It's never taking a break, taking a lunch break. It's 
purpose and its ability to exist is in part um, aligned with its ability to communicate. So I'm in the water, and I I look down into the water, and I'm like, wow, that's like, this is like 60 to 80 feet deep. Okay. So I'm swimming, and my friend is way out ahead of me. And then something, and I'm looking. I'm looking in the water for dolphins. Hello, beautiful dolphins. Who are you? No dolphins. So I'm swimming, and all of a sudden it feels like there's a warning or a danger energy. Had no idea. Had never been in a bay or swimming looking for dolphins. But I feel it against my my chest and my heart center, and it like almost makes, it did, it made me stop and tread water, and I'm like, well, that doesn't feel, I didn't know what it felt like or what it meant. It was just something's not right, but that was, that was a language communicating with me um, and causing me to take notice, and so then I yelled out to my friend, there's something wrong, and she said, no. Just keep swimming. It's fine. And so I thought, okay. So, because she had been there many, many times. Always trust yourself in any situation. Um, so I continued to swim. And then again, boom, that feeling of stop. Don't go any further. And when I tuned into that feeling deeper, so I did, I was, treading water, I closed my eyes, and I went into the feeling. I was like, oh, something's very wrong. I don't understand. So I screamed out again, something's wrong. But how did I know something was wrong? How did I tune in? Because I was doing that since I was a child, um, maybe. But more so, it, it's the part of us as humans that we all have built in. And not just humans, by the way, all animals all species, all beings. And so I was being communicated with, and even though I didn't understand the language, the space and the environment itself, the meridians and the electromagnetic fields of that bay were communicating about something. And so I looked up again and I said, no, something's wrong. And she couldn't hear me at this point. She was way out there. And all of a sudden, I see what looks like frantic water. I mean, there's just like somebody, was. it turned out to be a person swimming back past me towards the entrance of the bay of the water. And she's swimming just frantically. And she's when she gets her head up out of the water, she's screaming, Shark in the bay, shark in the bay, get out of the water. And I'm like, aha, okay. <laughs> that, and so I yell out to my friend, that's what it was. And she's like, oh, yeah, we should turn around. And the minute I turn around, behind me are two dolphins with a baby dolphin in the middle. Literally, it looked like they were cocooning this baby dolphin. And they were so close to me that when I turned around, I remember making a, a sound and they just, they were also, I could feel and see, but I could feel they were contracted as well. And so I looked at them and I was like, immediately, like half 
elated and happy to see the dolphins and then looking at what they were doing and, and looking at and feeling the energy of and the vibration of what they were feeling, I was like, I got to get out of their way. And so I did. And first, of course, being me, um, being me means if you know me, you know that my passion for any animals is big, 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 big. And so um, I thanked them and I sent them love and gratitude. And so then I turned around and started to swim back to uh, the water entrance. And all of a sudden I turn around and because I, I heard all this applause in the water and I see that the dolphins are making all this, I know there's a term for it. I can't remember it, but they were um, they were dancing on top of the water, and as they danced and made and swimming out into the ocean, and as they did that, you could see the shark was following them out of the bay. And I'm hoping that um, all went well. So, so then I got out of the water. So my point being, that was an incredible experience that I was so grateful to have. But it was also a lesson and a teaching that our environment talks to us. And sometimes we don't know the words of what's being said, but we know the feeling. And so what I am saying is, if you feel something, you are being communicated with. How? Through your intuition through your feeling body. Your feeling body is not just your emotional body. It goes far out beyond you, way beyond you. You are a universe unto yourself that is part of an even bigger universe. And that means that there are vibrations and electromagnetic fields that carry uh, energies and mm -hmm, consciousness, etc. All of that are different forms of languages at different levels that are communicating with you in your environment at all times. And so that story was one, I'm sure, of many that I can share and you can share where you felt something or where um, you looked at an animal. I'm, I'm using animals because I'm so drawn to them, but you looked at an animal and you, of course, didn't speak that animal's language, but you could feel that it needed help, that it needed food, that it was thirsty, and that it's trying to communicate with you as well through your feeling body. Plant life, extraordinary, able to uh, even lean towards you to grow and expand, and especially when it sent love. There have been exercises and where people plant one plant and they send it love every day. And the other plants, they completely ignore. And sometimes in those experiences, they spoke badly to that plant or they shared negativity. Can the plant understand the words? No, but it can understand the feeling. How? Through the electromagnetic field, the energy, the vibration, and the consciousness, which are all languages assisting each other for understanding and so that plant, the plant that was receiving the negative input withered and died, and the plant that was receiving positivity and love, again, the plant didn't understand, 
oh, I'm being accepted, I'm being validated, I'm being seen, I feel so heard, oh, I feel so loved. And maybe the person was sharing that with that plant, but the plant was feeling, picking up on and receiving, literally taking in the energy as fuel to flourish, to expand, and to go beyond well, clearly, the one that was no longer. So we are all, I mean, how does anything communicate without language? It doesn't do it very well. So there is a, a frequency that we are all a part of, and it moves through us and with us. And it does so in a way that when I was a child, I learned very quickly that um, there were often uh, intense, in, in my environment, there were intense moments where it would be better off if I wasn't in that room at the moment. So um, my guides at a very young age taught me how to see energy. They would have as an example to you, and this I touched on this in previous shows, but um, they would say to me, go into the living room. Do you see the energy that you're, that, that color, that light, those patterns, those are what's called the aura. Those patterns are called sacred geometry. Those sacred geometry points are in movement. They mean something their relationship, and so on and so forth to um, the chakra centers, which are the energy centers of the body. I mean, come on. We are magnificent beings. I mean, and we are part of a magnificent universe. And to have it so much accessible to us, and I'm so grateful in a way to have to have chosen a different way of seeing the world, because if I had not done so, I would not have survived. So um, to do so was to learn and then apply um, the best I could in clarity or non-clarity, my experiences and understanding. So they would teach me by saying, do you see all of this? And not all at one time. Of course, I'm condensing it today. But they would teach me over a course of months and years, um, this is what this is and this is and this is. Now, do you see it's going to change? And that everything would change with a thought or an energy um, or maybe what he was reading or whatever his, his issue in the moment was. His entire aura would shift and change. Everything in it would shift and change. And then my guides would say, Okay, now leave the room. Um, and so I would. So my point to you is that, um, you know, when you go into like a coffee shop, well, no, if there's coffee, it's good. So let me rephrase that. You know, when you go into somebody's home or into a building and you go into one room and it feels great and you want to be in there and you want to read in there and you want to stay in there, you don't want to leave because it feels so good. And then you go into another room or another building on another day and you're like, oh, I I, I don't know why, but I don't want to be in here. It doesn't feel good. I just want to get what I came here to get and leave. 
um, what's happening to you in that moment? I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of things happening to you on a personal level to bring you to that awareness. But there's also something happening in the room, the consciousness of the room, the energy that it's holding. What happened to it prior to your arrival in that room? What made it feel so warm and cozy and wonderful? And what made another room feel like you didn't even want to be in it? It can be an energy from the past that wasn't cleared. It can be an energy of the present that was um, filled with love But that's my point to you is when you feel something and it hasn't been communicated to you on a verbal level, it has been communicated to you through your nonverbal, unseen skills that you were born with. How do you activate those? They are activated the moment you are born. How do you work with them? You, when you can get to a point of taking in your environment, you start, I'll I'll say at this point and juncture of your life, you start trusting what you feel. You stop doubting what you feel because of all that you have received on a mental level and you start questioning, how do I feel about what I think? How do I feel about this location? How do I feel about this person, etc., and you start learning or remembering that within you, no matter what has been piled on top of all of that wisdom, if it's been projected onto you, um, and believe me, I know, and so I'm living proof that it's possible because if it's possible for me, it's possible for you. For 35 years of training being piled onto you, as an example only, of negativity and, um, I'll leave it at that now, negativity, that does that inner voice even matter? Absolutely. Will it ever give up on you? No. That inner voice comes from where? It comes from... Your electromagnetic fields, which are connected to matter, all matter, and you matter, and your meridians, which are the pathways of energy that travel within you, um, and they have access to all parts of you. And I'm going to talk about the body for a second because I want to, uh, coming up soon, I'm going to be doing uh, a talk on healing, how to heal yourself, how to assist others to heal which will involve some of this um, dialogue because meridians, pathways, access to organs, access to vibration, etc., all of that matters. Basically, it's a conversation um, your body is having with itself at every moment, even before you count it as a moment and long after you count it as a moment. There is a inner dialogue that you were born with, as I was saying, that if you start trusting and calling forth that do you need another 35 years to get everything that was piled onto you that you didn't even get a chance to know what your truth was or that to even feel that humanity, um, that you even existed to humanity, 
No, you don't need another 35 years to do that. However, you need to give yourself at least once a day an opportunity to become still and quiet. Why? Because the mind is going rapid. It is at a rate of speed that is informing you of everything. And a lot of what it's informing you about, not all, but a lot, comes from what you were informed of when you started experiencing humanity around you. It doesn't necessarily take into account uh, your mind, doesn't necessarily take into account that inner dialogue, that place of knowing um, and of feeling. And so that's why I say to you, you want at least once a day, 10 minutes a day, to become still and quiet. Um, oftentimes your mind will become that much louder if you're trying to become quiet. So I invite you to put on something to distract your mind, not you, your mind. You are so much more than your mind. You are multi-layered. You have infinite and unending access to so much more than you give yourself credit. And I'll be talking about that as well. However, if you take time to be still, and and some people call it meditation, some people call it focus, some people call it relaxation, call it whatever you want, make it your own. But what you want to do is for 10 minutes a day, be quiet and still, play some music or even the sound of uh, a clock, tell your mind to focus on that. And then allow you yourself to focus on your breathing. Why? Why does that all matter? Because then you get out of your own way. Your mind stops trying to um, protect you and therefore share with you the worst possible case scenario on everything all the time, everywhere that could possibly affect you. And you're able to all of a sudden just be or... Maybe that your mind isn't thinking that. Maybe your mind is thinking of what so-and-so thought about so-and-so. I mean, whatever it is that the mind is focused on for you in that moment. Um, I was using my own experience as an example but in the past. But um, for you to become quiet is for you to get out of your own way. That means for you to get your mind distracted elsewhere so that you can feel so part of communication is feeling, not just seeing. I, my work is seven days a week helping people on many different levels. Um, and part of that work that I'm so absolutely honored to do is helping them to hear themselves, feel themselves, see themselves in the universe, um, and many, many other things. And part of that dialogue exists in... I don't know who I am other than by the humanity that points to me and tells me. Or I don't know who I am other than the title above my door or on my desk. And we're so much more than that. And these, this dialogue that I'm sharing with you is in part um, a way for you to connect with yourself and get to know yourself, and get to know your free will, and get to know that you can start to relate to yourself and your life unconditionally. And most importantly, 
lovingly towards yourself. I'm not just talking about human love. I'm talking about the vibration and the frequency of love exists in matter. In order for it to matter or to exist, I'm talking about universes, I'm talking about planets, I'm talking about um, planetary alignment, I'm talking about the balance of all that is, does include the vibration of love. The fact that your bloodstream oxygenates your entire body is not just a science of, and I respect the science absolutely, but I am also saying that there is within you, as you seek to be loved outside of you, that there is within you a network of love, that your cells love themselves. I mean, I know that there's a belief out there, and well, I'll just start there and say that the human body is here for me to walk around, to ride my bike, to have experiences, etc. And yes, that's, that is part of the soul contract, if you will, um, between the physicality and your um, use of it. However, there are cellular patternings within your body. You are a walking, living library. I mean, this is a whole other talk, but you are a walking, living library. Why does that matter? Every cell in your body is a, um, a record of your consciousness as well as your history, your fight-or-flight moments, your panic moments, your moments of extreme compassion and love or even minimal compassion and love. So it's your walking library of extraordinary, infinite wisdom, and the ability to have it work depends on your cells and the consciousness of your cells. And yes, I just said, each cell in your body has a consciousness. And how do I know that? Because when I was doing energy work, not only on myself but others, the consciousness of the cell in the one cell in relationship to the other cell were communicating with each other and then letting me in on the conversation. I didn't know that cells had a, con- a consciousness until I had that experience. And then the education of Cynthia was literally communicating with cells to understand what is that consciousness. I wrote a book about it. It's called Point of Light because at the center of every cell, I saw visually a point of gold light, brilliant light, and cells that were not doing well. I'm going to get back to my point. I just have to touch on this. But cells that were not doing well, cells that were thriving, etc., you could see, I could see, but I could also tell that there was a conscious awareness in the body, in the cells themselves, of cells that were struggling versus cells that were thriving. There was a consciousness of the cells to not only assist cells that were um, struggling, but that the cells themselves have a desire to experience the grandest and greatest version of themselves. They're not just here um, 
on the sidelines for you to have an experience. The consciousness that dwells within you wants the greatest and grandest experience for itself, therefore for you as well. And, and where does that all come from? It comes from love. And I'm not just talking human love, give it, take it away. I'm talking that when the blood and the bone and the cells and everything that works so extraordinarily, or even if it's not, it is still in a pattern of infinite balance and unending agreement in its consciousness to strive to its perfection. Mm, if perfection is too strong a word, to strive to its well-being and therefore your well-being. And so that is all language and it's based on love. And that language is not based on human love. That language is based on I'm going to say a higher love, an infinite and unending love of balance and the equation of matter and the equation of um, everything coexisting together at once to create a symphony. Yes, I am going to talk about an orchestra because, after all, I grew up in um, a musician family. So... Um, <laughs> Our bodies are literally the most divine orchestra that has ever existed. And I'm talking about ever existed in human form. All other forms are just as breathtaking. But in an orchestra, if there's a conductor and only one instrument, it may sound beautiful, but it is not going to represent the totality of that consciousness. It's not going to represent the totality of the meridians and electromagnetic fields and the um, consciousness and how it communicates with itself and each other in order to thrive. Um, and so all these other instruments come in and sit down and then you have an orchestra that when it works together expands beyond the building and lifts people's souls out of their seats. It causes them to cry or to be moved or to feel deeply. Why? Because that music in every single instrument is communicating with your energy body, your frequency, and your vibration. Those aren't words that are coming out of the orchestra, meaning you're not being moved because you just heard an extraordinary poem. Well, actually you have, but in the form of music. And so... And your body does what? It leans towards that. It feels moved. It feels, even if it's just moved in that moment, and when the music comes to an end, it's no longer moved. That's okay. Because that means you participated in, and maybe not, and that's okay too, but you participated in that moment, and you leaned into um, that language. Everything is communicating with everything else all the time, and quite honestly, outside of time. So, in the universal scope of things, there is not a clock, so to speak, um, 
I'm going to say energy and vibration and the equation of love in the matter of creation. Um, to some, I'm sure there is a clock and they're watching it and keeping track of it. But what I'm talking about is that being somebody who has had four death experience, near-death experiences, left my body and returned, what I know to be true for me, and you can have your own truth, is that on the other side, there was no time that you were just being. So you were all time. There was no past, present, or future. And so that can be another conversation we have about time and the experiences. But what I will say to you is going, coming back, I need to keep bringing myself back <laughs> to the conversation because I'm like flying over here and over there. Um, so in coming back to the conversation of today, that electromagnetic fields are exactly what they sound like. They're electric and they are magnetic and they are frequency and they work together. And human beings have electromagnetic fields. Everything has electromagnetic fields. Um, and those electromagnetic fields are communication. They're a conversation happening with everything around you. We are participating in this environment of extremes. And we are participating in an environment of extremes possibly in order to experience that within us we can, and I'm saying this based on my life, not anyone else's, just mine, that to come, coming from a lifetime of massive extremes where on one end the humanity that was supposed to love me was actually trying to take me out, but at the same time the human, the, um, the not humanity, but the etheric spirit guides and the love and the language that they spoke was so much bigger and than the hate um, that, of course, I leaned towards that. And, of course, I think that that love and that light had to be that big, if not bigger, in order for me to even see it through the massive terrorizing chaos. And so that level of extremes is going on right now um, for the mass consciousness. By the way, you're connected to the mass consciousness. If you don't feel seen or heard, you don't feel like you matter, you absolutely do. You absolutely do. And when you have thoughts or when you feel things, let's say you heal something or you have clarity or you're angry or you're joyful, your energy, like I said, you're connected to all that is, affects the mass consciousness. That's why we have generations of humanity in one family, as an example, being born and Offering the hate, again, I'm only talking about my life, being born and continuing the hate, continuing the hate, continuing the hate. And here comes little old me, <laughs> and I am short and tiny, but um, here comes little old me, and 
I stop the patterning. And all of a sudden, I'm looking at a different way. And, and so, I'm saying a conversation continues in the same patterning, and it's shared with like-minded people until an individual comes in and offers a different um, perspective, concept, opportunity. And that can happen in a generation of souls. It can happen in a, a coffee meeting. It can happen anywhere, as well as trauma and experiences of deep, deep emotional, um, something that brings you to a, a, a to your knees and makes you, doesn't make you, but again, you're relating to, why are you able to see on television something that's happening to somebody on the other side of the world? Yes, of course, there are psychological reasons. Of course, there are emotional reasons. What I'm talking about today reaches far beyond the television and comes back to you. And that is that you exist in the ability to not only relate to somebody's loss or what somebody's gone through and that it causes you to feel moved emotionally, but that you are literally, when you are tuning into their experience, you are tuning into your electromagnetic field, your vibrational frequency, your intuitiveness, your um, energy, and you are touching that literally you are touching that person's experience and you are feeling moved. So I'm going beyond what is known. Well, this is very known to me, but I'm going beyond what um, is the norm in just, oh, yeah, I relate or, nah, I don't relate to that. Or, yeah, I saw that. That's horribly sad. And, or you know, whatever your reaction is. But I'm saying that if something moves you deeply and you find yourself, um, you're not there clearly, but you're feeling as though you are, then you are relating to the vibrational frequency of your energy. So what I mean by that is your energy body can literally touch the energy body and relate to something happening on the other side of the world. Why? How is that known? Is that possible? How do I know that? Because I've had that experience. I've not only had that experience, but I have, with my eyes open, watched my energy field expand, 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 and move into other sides of the world um, and people's experiences and then return to me. And either I, it depends on what and why I was doing that, but I have had many experiences where I feel extremely moved and somewhere I didn't. Certainly, it depends on what's going on in your life and where you're at. So, anyway, I want to get to the animal kingdom. Why do, well, for me in particular, dogs, puppies, and kittens. Okay, no, everything. I mean, when I was a kid and had escaped the house 
and was laying on the concrete outside on the sidewalk somewhere where I was unseen, I had a praying mantis in the center of the palm of my hand, and I held that praying mantis, or I held my hand straight out, and that praying mantis and I spoke without saying a word for hours upon hours. And that might make some think, oh, well, she's weird. And I say, yes, thank you. I accept. It's talking to another species that has infinite wisdom and is extraordinarily beautiful. Makes me weird. Yes, thank you. I've been called much worse. (laughs) So... The animal kingdom, Mother Nature, is here for her own reason and purpose. And that's a whole other um, talk. But animals are able to heal our hearts. They're able, some of them, to read our minds. They're able to um, help us survive and some are, help us to thrive. And I invite you today, tomorrow, next week, and only if it resonates, to really pay attention to the animal kingdom and to the even birds on um, all kinds of animals and beings, winged ones, four-legged ones, two-legged ones, all of them, um, that they are here uh, for their own experience, but many of them are here to remind us that we are deserving of remembering who we are, of loving ourselves, of loving each other, and of softening, and of going gentle, and, well, mostly to play Uh, A lot of beings are here to experience the magnificence of this, what I call plane of demonstration, this physicality. And we're not the only ones, by the way, that are here to experience this dimension and the ability to use our senses, let alone what I've been talking about today is that we exist far beyond our senses and into... um, even other dimensions, I didn't even touch on that. There's so much deliciousness to touch on. So I say to you that thank your animal. If you have a pet or you have an animal that you know of, or if tomorrow a hummingbird, you hear a hummingbird, or if you see a bird, or if you see a squirrel, whatever have you, know that they are here for their own experience. But if you are, if you have been blessed, in my opinion, to see them in your journey for that day, the blessing is for you to take it easy on yourself, for you to love yourself, for you to reach in and call forth a part of you that maybe hasn't been around for some time, the creative part of you, the part of you that has a dream, and maybe that dream has been um, overrided by other people's opinion. 
And so then I say to you, let the animal kingdom celebrate you. Let your understanding of the sacredness of yourself and the animal kingdom not be overlooked, meaning that when you do see uh, any of the above I've mentioned um, or an, a pet of your own looking at you and, and your eyes connect and become one, there is a message there, and that message is, I believe in you. Don't take for granted that you're seeing any kind of species in that moment, and maybe even from your peripheral vision, because if you are seeing it, it is seeing you, and there is a message for you. Um, and so I would invite you to be in gratitude for the messengers. And and so I say to you, because I have come to the end of this dialogue, thank you for joining me. Thank you for being you. And thank you for letting me share with you uh, the experiences of my life. And tune in next, next time to hear uh, my life, well, the beginning of my life story. And... Um, my website is Cynthia Sloan, S-L-O-N, number nine dot com. I have a YouTube channel. And as I said, I, I wrote a small book and I'm working on others. And I just send you all so much love and light and, um, invite you to know that the beings who do not have a language sometimes that you can hear or understand in the spoken word are the ones that know you the best and the ones that hold you and care about you and keep helping you uh, return to yourself. And so I send you love, and I say bye for just now. <laughs>